This is Girl with Vision with your host, Debbie Merrick. Welcome to Girl with Vision Radio, and I am your host, Debbie Merrick, and I am so excited today because we are talking with a very talented uh, woman. Her name is Amy Lyle, and she is a a screenwriter, also uh, a two-time author, and she's now also just empowering a lot of people on social media and also at events and things like that. So um, with that, I just want to welcome Amy to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Debbie. Hello from Atlanta, the birds. Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) So amazing. So yeah, we actually connected through a women's group, um, Badass um, Business Babes. <laughs> and, uh, I was, I'm kind of new to the group, and uh, I was just really uh, blown away uh, by your authentic um, just beingness of just uh, really bringing to light um, being real and being, you know, okay with um, not being perfect. And so that's yes. really what we're going to talk about today, because I have definitely um, caught myself, and I'm sure, you know, people listening, um, where you just feel like sometimes, oh, I can't, you know, tell somebody like, oh, I failed at that, or this has happened to me, or something like that. And honestly, I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that come along with that. So why don't you kind of give us some some background on some skinny on, on that? <laughs> I think you're absolutely right, especially as women. I think there's this immense pressure of, um, you know, you're a, a wife and you are a mom or you, you know, and you're an employee and you're a friend and there's all these things. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, and I know it's said a million times, but like people's lives on Facebook are normally not as good or bad as they make them seem. You know the the, yeah. the truth falls in the middle, and um, but my my self depreciating uh, book uh, called the Book of Failures. It's actually called the Amy Vinegar Chemist Lyle Book of Failures because I wanted it to scream like that woman has had a lot of problems, and um, started from uh, writing a screenplay and trying to get representation. And my mentor for the screenplay uh, introduced me to his. Uh, attorney and so I thought it was like this super warm call and it was just going to be like yes he's going to represent me and he said I don't care how funny you are I'm not going to represent you you don't have any money no one knows you are and that made me so sad but then he gave me some free advice and he's like you need to get on the map you need to write a book you need to write a blog you need to get a lot of press you need to do stand-up comedy and um and I immediately thought like I have had a lot of failures and my whole life has kind of been my shtick is to be very self-depreciating. And so I wrote the first book, The Book of Failures, and um, I was so delighted with the response um, of people writing to me or, you know, the reviews are like, are you in my house? You know, do you see what's going on in here? <laughs> know what's going on in my brain? <laughs> right. Like my husband and I have those same exact fights or I'm a stepmom and boy, it's hard, you know, so it was the... So it was just really great to have a great response. And then um, I was sharing with you earlier before the show. Um, so every Friday on my own Facebook page, I would write one of my own failures. And they weren't failures in the book. They would just be like a failure of the week. Like one time I wrote, I birthed the dinner. 
And I didn't mean that I burnt the dinner like in the oven. Like literally I put the pasta box too close to the gas and it caught the box <laughs> on, on fire, the noodles. And so yeah. I had a picture of like the burning penne pasta and put that on there. And then um, all these people came forth with like their funny failures of the week or something similar. And so then I started collecting these that were so funny and asking permission. So then I wrote the second book, which is called, We're All a Mess, Okay. It's Okay. We're All a Mess, It's Okay. And they're both really, really funny, comedic. I mean, they're, you know, they're on Amazon under humor and entertainment next to David Sedaris and Jenny Lawson and Tina Fey and Kevin Hart. But they do have the serious message, like you and I are talking about, like, I think we're here to lift each other up. And it's, that's what draws people to you, I believe, is when you say, um, I did that too, or that happened to me. And even if it's a serious nature thing that makes you feel better, but even if it's kind of a silly thing, like, you know, you send your kids to school and they, they didn't, they had their pants on backwards, you know, or whatever. It's, yeah, just everyday stuff that I think people are so embarrassed by. It's like, no, we've all done that. So anyway, that's the story of how I started kind of being in the business of self-depreciation. Now, how, <laughs> how long ago did you start like all of that? Like, I released the first book, The Book of Failures, May of 2007. Okay. And then I released the second book, We're All a Mess, It's Okay. I just released it in November of 2018. Wow. Yeah, and, and so, all this fun stuff has yes. happened because of it. It's crazy. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, you have your now audience that is on social media that follows, you know, your everyday life. and. I mean, how has that impacted like your, your personal life or, you know, your family, you know, things like that? Because I always think that it's kind of interesting that, you know, if people are living like in these, you know, kind of the little celebrity-ness. <laughs> like, yeah, because I mean, think about it. You have like your, your audience and, and obviously it's, you know, which I'll talk about in a little bit is, you know, it's, it's led you into, you know, being more known and so um yeah well it's kind of funny um okay so every sunday i have been working at church as an actress um every sunday for the past seven years i'm an oh. actor in front of like 300 second grade second and third graders and I actually write for them too i write some of their, their little there's these little funny plays and um i am more known for that than anything. Oh, wow. I will be in the grocery store and second graders will be like, oh my gosh, there she is. And you know, like one week I'll be like the monster tamer. And then one week I'm like Moses or one week I'm a donkey or, you know, one week I'm like literally like Julie Grapes, like the grapes out outfit that has like a million balloons on it. Oh, and it was like, yeah, it just depends. And so that is what I'm most known for. And it's like so funny because they get really starstruck and my own kids, uh, you know, they've been, you know, they went through that. They're older now, but they're like, I really believe that the person on stage was like someone famous, you know, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. So that's the most starstruck I get is second graders being like, oh my gosh, Miss Amy. But there have been some funny perks. Um, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I read uh, modern stuff and I read um, a lot of classics mm -hmm. and I reach out like most recently I was reading, um, Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I can't remember his name, but he wrote um, A Gentleman in Moscow mm. is this book. Um, Amor Towles is the same T-O-W-L-E-S 
or something. He's out of New York. And I wrote his books and it's like, or read his books. And you know how it is. You just feel like you just would be best friends with this writer. And I just, <laughs> I just, I, his writing was so beautiful. You know, his writing, he's a novelist, you know, I'm an essayist with, you know, comedic stuff. And so, um, I just felt like I connected with him. And it was the same thing with like Jenny Lawson, you know, I read, uh, you know, um, let's pretend this never happened. I just connected so much that I wanted to follow her and her social media. And I even got to interview her. I write for a magazine. So I even got to interview Jenny Lawson a three times, oh, wow. times best-selling writer. Yeah. So I, you know, I like, I don't know why. And so it was so weird and surreal to have people reach out to me as mm -hmm. a writer to say, oh my gosh, I read your book and I did this and listened to what else I did. And I felt the same way. And you, you know, you, you made me feel better. You lifted me up and like some strange things have happened because of that. Like this attorney in Louisville, I live in Atlanta wrote me this sweet letter email about how much, the, you know, he just laughed so hard and he just needed the book. It was like, hit him at the right time. You know, he was mm -hmm. going things and he's just like, it just, just made him feel good. And he like, um, is a, a, a um, annual ticket holder to the, the Kentucky Derby. And so he invited my husband and I to, so we're going to go to the Kentucky Derby with him. Wow. Like, like this, this quote, like he's a fan. And so just like some amazing things have, have happened. Um, through it. I mean, it's just been so fun. And, but the, the best thing that's happened is some people reaching out and saying, thank you for admitting what's really going on with moms and, yeah. <laughs> and, and everything. Like sometimes it's really messy and it's okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, have you always written? Like, I mean, as a little girl, like, were you really interested in it's so funny. Um, no, as a little girl, I wrote a lot of poetry. Oh. Isn't that weird? And even in like elementary school, I can remember getting picked to go like represent my school, you know, it, 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 for things for poetry. It was really weird. But um, and then I was a corporate trainer for years and years and years. And so you do a lot of writing, like role playing. I was a sales trainer. Mm -hmm. But um, I really didn't have um, an interest in writing is still until I started being an actor and then I wanted to write the play. So I started writing the plays and that kind of gave me the bug to write the screenplay. And, um, and now I just, um, I kind of enjoy all of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break and quick when break. we come back, we will be talking more about creativity and, um, creating, um, really her dream that she is, um, in, involved in right now. So, uh, thank you again, Girl with Vision Radio. And we're back with Girl with Vision Radio, and I'm here with my friend, Amy Lyle. Hello. And we've been talking about um, not being perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite subjects <laughs> because I just like to be real, and uh, I think the more real that we are, I think... Uh, that has a lot to do with just, you know, um, bringing the best actually of ourselves out and, you know. It may be our age too. Telling, yeah, and I was telling Amy earlier that, you know, I am looking at writing a book and mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of other people out there and maybe you've had the idea of writing something, but you don't even know like really where to start. Like, sure. where, like maybe, inspiration you know can sure. come from and you know other other tips and and things that could really help because 
I just really um, enjoyed, you know, already learning from you um, about this type of creative process. And uh, what would you, you know, want to, what do you, you have ideas about what we should do? Sure. Okay. So I think everybody has a story to tell. I really do. I think it's a, probably if you surveyed about 70% of the people probably would say someday I would like to write a book. It's kind of on their bucket list. And, you know, books take all different forms, right? Like if you wanted to write a novel, there are um, my, one of my favorite books for my screenplay, but you also could use it for a novel is called Save the Cat. And it's by Blake Schneider. And it's a, it's a great book and it, it, it's really for screenwriters, but let me, let me tell you how the tool works. You could also, after read the book, it's very easy to read. And it just kind of gives you an outline of what you, certain things have to happen in a screenplay at certain times and certain things happen to ha have to happen in books. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless if they're 500 pages or 200 pages, as a, as a reader, we're expecting certain things, right? Um, a struggle, you know, uh, you know, overcoming a struggle, the, the, the hero, you know, whatever. You know, act one, act two, act three. And so say the cat, um, you read the book, but you also, in addition to the book, you can download for free, it's called a beat sheet, B-E-A-T-S-H-E-E-T. -E -E and there's a couple, I like the Blake Shell, uh, Snyder one, the best, but what's fascinating about it is, let's say, Debbie, you're like, I want to write a novel and I'm, I'm kind of shooting for 500 pages. Well, you could mm -hmm. put, I'm shooting for 500 pages and it would create for you almost like in an Excel spreadsheet where it'd mm -hmm. say, okay, pages one through 20, introduction, set the scene. Pages 20 through this, uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you get act one, act two, act three. And so, you know, screenplay, my comedy is 90 pages. And it was like very specific, one through five openings, you know, opening scene, blah, 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 define this. And so, and then you can always change that. You could, uh, I think I want to do 700 pages. I think I can only do 300 pages. You could change it and then it's going to, it's going to recalculate that for you. And so if you're, if you're thinking about writing a book, I think that's a great place to start because you may have a great ending for your book, but you don't have a beginning. And so, you know what, mm -hmm. that's okay. Write what you have and, or, you know, label it very clearly by a chapter heading or whatever. And then you can always go back to it and reorganize it later. Or you may, do you know what I mean? It just depends on what part of the story you have. And then, um, and then my suggestion is you just, you can buy a tool, Scribner, if you're, if you're writing, or you can just write in Google Docs, or you can write in Microsoft Word, and you mm -hmm. can Grammarly, you could cut and paste everything into Grammarly, and it's going to catch a lot of your mistakes. And then, of course, you'd want to hire, ultimately, a content editor and, a, a, you know, somebody with a grammatical background to make sure that's in place. But um, also, if that's, like, too overwhelming to bite off to write a book, there's an insatiable about an, um, need for, for digital articles. Every magazine now. Mm -hmm. Sure. If they yeah, have. You mentioned you write for a magazine. I do. Magazine? I write for, um, it's a magazine in my own county. It's called My Forsyth Magazine. And it's a beautiful, beautiful local magazine. And they have a paper copy, you know, glossy oh, copy. Okay. And then they also have a digital copy. And, um, and so I'm a contributor. And so that's a very easy thing to do. If you want to be a writer, maybe write, my suggestion is about a 350 word, you know, essay or story to 500 words and just 
call the editor or email the editor and say, hi, I would love to become um, a contributor based on whatever. And you know, literally in my magazine, and most they have a gardening section, they have a relationship mm -hmm. section, they have a health section, they have, you know, mine is always humorous. I usually interview comedians and, you know, to people like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it's really easy to get into that. And then um, I self-published, which I really, really love. I had control. And as we talked in the first segment, I had kind of like a sense of urgency because I wanted to get the book out, get a lot of press. We can talk about that if you want to, too. Getting free, mm -hmm. money, getting a lot of press and moving forward. Um, or you could shop, you know, and there's lots of uh, free stuff of how to write, you know, your pitch uh, to, to get a, a query to a, um, and there's big conventions and stuff like that that you could go to to meet publishers and pitch your work as well. So it just depends on what level it is, but my, my suggestion is if you have a story inside of you to start writing it and you're and, and try to write as much as you can and read yeah, a lot. Not stuff. be like really attached to like the timeline or what, you know, unless you, like I said, if, if there is some kind of an event or something time that you want to put it out there, like for the holidays or, you know, whatever it is, but yeah, I mean, and then going into the fact like once you've written the book, then like the publicity, right? Tell us a yes. little bit about your journey with that because okay. obviously, you know, people say like, oh yeah, I wrote this book and like I sold one copy of the book. Yes, you know? most books sell, most um, authors sell less than 50 copies of their books. Yeah, okay. so okay, so my number one advice, if you're, if you're going the self-publishing route, and to be honest with you, um, all the time I see people that have publishers and their publishers do not advertise on Amazon for their clients. And it's a real shame because that's where people are shopping for books is Amazon. And mm -hmm. so in a nutshell, there's a tool, it's called Amazon Marketing Services. And when you write a book, it's through the Kindle, you know, Kindle's part of Amazon. Sure. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm going to give a recommendation, two recommendations, Dave Chesson, C-H-E-S-S-O-N, um, and Laura Peterson, her podcast is called Pop, uh, Copy That Pops. She also, both of them have blogs, Dave Chesson and Laura. They are the self-publishing gurus. And so they'll help you with how important selecting a category is for your book and how important it is that the seven keyword phrases that they give you is so important because there's 7 million books and to make sure the people that are trying to find your book find you. And how important it is to you know the advertising piece of it so that's one piece i think a lot of people have a little bit of vanity and they're like i want to go to a bookshop and do a book signing which is really fun but you may sell 20 books and that's really it's like how many hours have you put in of your day and you had to put lipstick on and you know cart the books around and you had to buy the books um versus really you're going to sell that's where you're going to sell your books is online on amazon that's where you're going to sell them so yeah. I would I would I would urge people to spend their advertising budget on Amazon. But free press is good. Um, pitching yourself or your story, um, you know, start locally, right? And it could be with a producer, and that's who you um, call or email at a radio station or a television show is the producer or a podcast. Well, unless it's, you know the host itself themselves, and you just do less is more. And I like to say kind of like, what's in it for me? So you, that's how you have to think. If you're 
you know, pre presenting information to a television direct, a television producer, why would their audience be interested in your story? Not your book necessarily or your product. Mm -hmm. yeah. Why would they be interested in your story? Why did you write it? Who are you? How old are you? I mean, you know, like what was behind it? And so, um, and you know, make it short, like a couple paragraphs and maybe even open with, I think that your audience, which I understand is a demographic of this, may love a story like this. And, um, and then a little bit of information about yourself. And if you have been featured anywhere, that's the place that you toot your own horn, like, hey, I've been on this show and this show. Um, I always put um, a couple of funny pictures because I'm a comedian. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. you can let, warm it up and put a picture of your family or whatever. But um, local people are always looking for, for a good story, a sweet story. And especially if it's like autobiographical or has something to do with um, recovery or really whatever, they're always looking for a story. And so, um, but what's shocking is this may shock you. Um, okay. So Debbie, I've been on Atlanta company, a local, you know, show 35 times. I'm so, I'm so blessed to get invited back all the time. And the, how I got on there is the first time I was on there, they actually featured me and my book, the book of failures. That's what we were talking about. Right. So guess how many books I sold after I was on a television show, the biggest morning show in Atlanta. Like five. I think one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how many times are you sitting around watching television and you like buy something? And so it's so funny, like, unless you're on Oprah or Ellen, I mean, it's just like, you kind of ask yourself, I go on television shows for kind of branding purposes. We had talked earlier about it gets me to do larger um, paid speaking engagements or people invite me to their book clubs and, you know, 50 people buy the book. I'll, you know, that's, I'll do that. But um, it's so funny what you think is going to get you a lot of publicity. But being a contributor in a magazine, people that read magazines read books. And what happens is regardless of what your story is in the magazine, they always give you credit. And they'll say, Amy Lyle, author of the Book of Failure, and we're all a mess. It's okay. Every time. So it's in the front of the magazine. And then every single article, it has it in there. So it's like, that's really valuable to me because I, I, mean, I don't have to pay for an ad a thousand dollars yeah so before yeah. we go to the break can you actually show for the people oh sure can see? We're okay here's the book of failures as well okay look oh, here's the back cute. i love the black it's black and white and red and green they, uh debbie they, photo, they photoshopped like my butt Hepburn, like meets chanel you know yeah <laughs> it's so they cute. photoshopped my butt oh my gosh my yeah. butt doesn't look that good they also photoshopped my face. She had that. that and here's the second one. We're all this. It's okay. okay. That's a real alpaca. It's a and real it's alpaca. alpaca. On this cover. And then it's all her girlfriends. A lot of girlfriends that contributed of, stories on the back. All yeah. of that. So awesome. <laughs> awesome. So when we come back, we're actually going to talk about your uh, screen play and how that's going. And so I'm so excited to continue the conversation. So with that, this is Girl With Vision Radio, and we'll be back. And we're back with Girl With Vision Radio, and we are talking to our friend, Amy Lyle, and she's in Atlanta, Georgia, and she is just a kick-ass gal. Oh my God, I'm enjoying this so much. And, uh, she is an author, speaker, actress, 
Um, and obviously, um, the biggest part of why I wanted to bring her on is she is actually a screenwriter and she's got a movie in process right now. Yes! And it's been like, oh my gosh, like this is so exciting um, to see this come together because obviously this wasn't an over, you're not an overnight success. And yeah. so I think that's what a lot of people like have this um, misconception that all of a sudden you're gonna be in a room somewhere and somebody's gonna see you from across the room and say, oh my gosh, like, we're going to do this overnight. It's going to be, you know, a success. And so uh, why don't you just tell us more about how this has come along and where you are now and, uh, you know, what's, what's to come? Sure. It's been a slow process, a lot of crying, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of pain and suffering and rejection and no, 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 no. And, um, how many knows? How many knows do you think you've had? Could you even like? I can't even keep up. I can't okay. even keep up with the amount <laughs> of knows. What it is? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, no to every single thing. No, no, no. But um, so I wrote the screenplay. And it's been you're not going to believe this. It's been seven years, and I thought that was weird. But then I was reading, you know, the movie Lincoln. It took fifteen years. Wow. Fifteen years from the time that the screenplay. Yeah. It took 15 years. And so a lot of it is like, um, well, part of mine was when I was writing it, I was writing it under the mentorship of this guy named Rodney Henson. He's a UCLA filmmaker. He used to work for Disney. And, um, and so he had a real job. So he couldn't just work and give me notes. And so what would happen is I'd send him the film and it would take four months for him to read it and get it back to me. And so, but I mean, like, it's like, he's a, fantastic mentor and so you can't rush it it is what it is he was doing it for free and I had to do it on his time and he was doing me a favor so that took several years of sending the film back and forth and he didn't give me any content advice he just kind of kept it structurally sound like that can happen on that page it has to be on this page or how about this so um and then um I wanted a certain producer her name is Suzanne Jerva and she used to work for DreamWorks so she's worked on, uh, as a script doctor, on movies like Hitch and Lincoln and Saving Private Ryan and all these. And then most recently in the past 10 years, she's created a lot of her own content and she's an independent writer. And she moved to Milwaukee. She's the head of, she still live in LA. Now she's the head of Milwaukee film. So I wanted her specifically to be involved with my project. And the thing is, everybody wants her to be involved. And so with several years, before I could get on her plate. That's just how it works. And so the stars kind of aligned. And um, so she signed on, I guess it's been like six months ago. And then she assigned me a filmmaker named Steven Bueller in Atlanta. And we kind of like go through the script line by line by line by line, make sure it's perfect. And then we just, at the end of February, turned it in to her. And, um, and so then now it gets shot in the fall in Atlanta and then after the film gets shot and edited and the music gets added which is this this film is a love letter to Atlanta and we have all these great companies that are you're going to know them in the film that are partnering with us which is phenomenal very exciting and the the, um, music is by a guy named Russ Still and the Moonshiners and he's been like 
songwriter of the year, band, Georgia band of the year. So I'm so excited. He's a genius. Um, another um, kind of an unknown rapper has four songs. They're all original. And so it's just like, I just, I love, um, you know, somebody's giving me a shot. And so I love to give other people a shot. And so it's just going to be so fun with um, a collection of like, uh, you know, an actress that you'll know, and then a lot of Atlanta talent, including a lot of Atlanta comedians. But then anyway, yeah, fun. And then, um, and then the distribution part of it takes, once you've shot the film, then it takes about six to months to 12 months until you see the film somewhere. That's the process. And the film is about, um, it's called Hashtag Fake Mom. And, oh my gosh. Uh, this um, woman who's a stockbroker living in New York City, and she's, she's, she's all business, and she falls in love with a Georgia divorcee, and he's got like three or four kids, and she falls in love, moves to Georgia, and she thinks the ex-wife is going to take care of these kids. Well, the ex-wife takes off with Javier, the tennis pro. And her husband takes off to Europe or takes off to Africa on a philanthropic event. And now she's stuck with these four kids and her biggest challenge are the stay at home moms of River Village. So it's like, it's, it's kind of trying to bring like the stay at home moms and the working moms together just one step to make them appreciate each other, but in a like really funny way, you know, like really, like a woman has an orgasm on a rowing machine in a Costco, like a really funny <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh and so we were talking uh before the interview because i had just seen the movie um uh saving mr banks which yes. people don't know about the movie it is about the screenwriter who wrote um, mary poppins, poppins. Yeah. yes and how while disney wanted to produce the 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 book and and she was very um for 20 years it took 20 years only so because she was broke only because she was going broke she's like yeah. fine i'll give you yeah. i'll give it to you she didn't want anything to do with this to be honest and so it was such an amazing uh story about the creative process because um as some people know about myself is that I created my own brand with my furniture store, my business and everything. And it was just very difficult to like give away control because you create something. And so the same thing obviously goes with writing because you created the story and you're telling the story. And so you actually were telling me about the process of, of writing it and how you had to, you know, give up some of that control. So that and I, went, I went kicking and screaming, but then <laughs> I came around to it. But well, I met with um, Steven Bueller. He's an Atlanta filmmaker. And, you know, my film is more like a bridesmaids meets bad moms. And he was, he just kind of misinterpreted. I, I think cause I'm a woman, but he kind of misinterpreted as, a romantic comedy, kind of like a You've Got Mail or, you know, Sleepless in Seattle. And, and so he kept making these, he kept trying to push that on me. And so at one point I did tell him I was going to stab him with a fork because we were at lunch. And then he went <laughs> down. But as soon as he understood that it, the love story is between the stay-at-home moms and the working moms, that's the love story. Just because she falls in love at the beginning, that's sweet and everything, but that's not what the story is. The story is that. And so, but... 
I, I do um, think gained a lot of value from his insight and I would work with him again and it was um, a fun, you know, tweaking. I mean, it, you know, that's what we did is we just tweaked it a tiny bit, but when you only have 90 minutes to tell your story, every single line is very important. And so you just keep tweaking it. And I can't wait because just like every film, when you have comedians, uh, they're very, they're fantastic at improv. Oh, and for sure, I cannot yes. wait. Yeah, and so even when they're sitting around the room reading the film, they're gonna have ideas. And then when they're shooting the film, they're gonna have ideas. And I think it's just gonna take they have this great bones of a, of a you know, great story, and it's going to take on the life of these phenomenal actors. And so I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens with that. Wow. And so have you been writing anything else, like any other screenplay? I mean, now yeah. that you kind of have this in, you know, the place where you want it and everything, I mean, is there like another story that has yes, come my, together? Yes, my next story I'm gonna write, um, also is kind of based on a true story, is I have been going on this ladies tennis trip for 15 years, the same, oh, wow. yeah. And so imagine over 15 years, like some of us had just gotten married and didn't have kids. And then, and then imagine, you know, I'll probably make the movie over like the span of 25 years, you know, instead of just 15. But literally in the 15 years, people have lost children. People have lost their husbands. Like they died or they cheated and they kicked them out or whatever. Like there has been every human scenario. People have gone bankrupt. People have hit it big. People have, you know, friendships have kind of soured. People have moved. And so it's like this beautiful story of how, um, it's still comedy, but the point is, is like what you and I were talking about, even when life gets messy, it's like, those are your true friends. These are your true friends that can you can rely on, and they love you, and they tell you the truth. And sometimes that's what you need in your life, somebody to tell you the truth. So um, that's my next movie. I don't know what I'm going to call it, like Tennis Camp or something. Like, we literally every year go to grown-up sleepover tennis camp. Now, how many people How many people go on this camp with you? Well, there's always, like, seven or eight girls in my room, and those are the girls that I kind of are closest to. But, like... The weekend, there might be 60 girls, you know, at the camp or whatever, but this would focus on, you know, three or four of the, the, of the characters, the you know, strongest personalities. And, you know, they're all kind of like a um, mosh of a couple different people, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we're going to take another break, and when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the creative process and uh, the visioning, because that's a lot about what we do on this show. And uh, thanks again, and we will be right back with Girl With Vision Radio. And we're back, Girl With Vision Radio, and I'm your host, Debbie Merrick, and we are here with our friend, Amy Lyle, and she has just been a ton of fun and just, giving us so much about like being a writer and being creative and going for your dreams. And uh, we just got done talking about her, one of her dream projects, um, which is a film that's going to be coming out um, most likely another like 18 months, right? To, yes. You know, yes. something About like that. 18 time months. Frame. 
Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And um, I'm going to start shooting um, this fall. And has the casting um, happened yet? Okay. I couldn't believe that they did ask me, like, who would you cast in this? And, and so that was so fun. And all my girlfriends and I sat around and our favorite actors and actresses and yes. all this stuff. So I submitted that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. But I'm, it's going to be so fun. It's so funny you ask about that because today I actually asked Steven, there's a, um, I don't know if you've ever played Bunko in your neighborhood. It's like a lady's dice game. I, I've heard and, about it, yeah. Okay, so you sit, you know, tables of four. So there's a Bunko scene and there's a woman in the scene. And I, I think she only has one line, but she has like a neck brace on. And it's like, Every time you see her, she always has a different one. Like it might be University of Georgia or like Wiener Dogs. And so I emailed him and I, or I text him. I go, Stephen, can I be, her name's Shelly Milhauser. I go, Stephen, can I be Shelly Milhauser in the movie? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be a star in the movie, but I'm like. Right, it would just be fun to be in it. Yes, like a cameo. Can I have like one line? And he goes, I don't see why not. And I'm like, yes. Are you going to be, because I just want to be around it. My and as a writer, they might kick me out. You know, they might be like, she can't be in here because I'll be like, no. But now as an actress, I'm like, I have to be here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I don't care if it's 30 seconds. I don't care if it's three seconds. Yeah. Like, okay. That's okay. me. That's the writer. Yes. Kind of like a bridesmaids in the airplane scene. When that woman's like, I had a dream. You're in it. We're going down. That was the other writer, Kristen Wiig and that girl. And oh she had a little cameo. And I'm like, I gotta have a funny line. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. And so, like you said, you know, a lot of this, you know, and of course, everybody, you know, if this is probably is if they're in the age group of like 30 to 70 years old, like at some point we've probably done a vision board or yes. we've been involved with something that has to do with writing down like what we want and taking out the pictures of these magazines and doing all this stuff. And for the people on YouTube, um, it just happens uh, because you know we're, we're hosting this um, video and audio. Um, is that in the background of right there, uh, right home there. Is her <laughs> right here. and yes, 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 there it is. <laughs> and so for those of, uh, of you that cannot see it, um, there are some incredible things. And the year that you did this vision board was the year that the movie deal came to play and movie deal is at the top. It's at the top. Movie deal. deal. Yes. yes. <laughs> Movie deal, number one book, yes. So when you can really imagine and like really put things in place uh, from doing the vision board, because obviously you can't just do a vision board and then walk away from it and never like think about or do any of the things that are on that. Like that's very unrealistic. <laughs> but I have had a few friends that have told me that like, oh, I just wrote it down. And then like, I looked back at it five years later and then it had happened. But I think that's kind of unusual. I think other people like you, like you're looking at that like every day, correct? So tell us a little bit more about like what's on that board. Well, there's um, all kinds of stuff. There's like a faith piece of it. And there's like um, shows that I would love to be featured on or be on, you know, like the Today Show or Ellen Show. 
Um, I see uh, that. Okay, I'm gonna say this right now. I yes. see, like that's going to happen. Like I just. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be like winning the lottery. You've told us today. I'm like. If any listeners know Ellen or Steve Harvey or Oprah, I would love to be a guest to talk about this being authentic. Um, I did put a picture of I think it's like Giselle Giselle Bunchkin's butt because I really like to have a better butt, but that part has not come true, Debbie. Oh man. It hasn't. But I have a picture of it. I have a picture and like those are my dream cheeks. If I could just do, if I could just go up a thousand steps a day, I too could have those those and maybe get a spray tan. I could have those cheeks. But other stuff has come true. The ass cheeks not yet. No but so maybe next year. I'll put them on there again. It's possible. I mean, once you're in the movie business, it's like, who knows? You could have That's right. That's right. Doctor, you know, show up that can tell you exactly how to do those cheeks like the Oh, I know. It's probably like 700 squats a day, and I only squat to like pick up the ho ho or the skittles, right. not squatting exactly. for any other reason. On the kitchen floor, yes. And yeah, I squat to pick up a burrito. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And so yeah. um was this the first vision board you did or no I did you know what I've done different ones um I think this was the first vision board I did but I have done um I went to a retreat my neighbor is a yoga instructor uh her name is Shannon she has a, a role in the movie too she teaches yoga and um in real life she teaches yoga and I went to a retreat that she did it was wonderful it was all about gratitude so we did gratitude boards and that was oh, really yeah, and I well actually took big journals, really oversized ones, and we covered them. I know that sounds so second grade-ish, but like it was really made you think about what you're thankful for. And every time I look at it, I think of that beautiful day of all these like, incredible women that were giving gratitude, and it was it's just amazing. And then you know, and then every day you write down a couple things of what you're you're thankful for, and it's made me think out of the box of what I'm thankful for, besides like my children's health or whatever. And now it's like, because I'm looking for things to write down, right? And so now, I know this sounds so cheesy, but like I was at a live, live performance the other day in town and I was like, so thankful for the guy that owns this theater. And I was so thankful for these phenomenal, hilarious actors. And I was so thankful, you know what I mean? And for the mm -hmm. actors, and it was just like, it just makes you think about how everybody has different talents and how beautiful it is when they get to use their talents. It's just amazing. I don't know. So, you know, that gives me, it, it makes you look for the good, you know, in your, in your world, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree. And so because you're a mom and you have teenagers and actually like out empty, uh, out of the nest. Um, yeah, two out and two in. Have any of them also been um, inspired to be either in comedy or writing or anything kind of similar? Um, okay, my daughter Anna is like, I'm gonna be a movie director. And I'm like, are you gonna go to film school? And she's like, what? And then, um, okay, this is a funny I have story. To do that. Yeah, I have to do that. And then um, this is a funny story. When our oldest daughter, is um, in college and she's actually interning for ministry. She thinks she wants to be in ministry. She's uh, interning. And she said, this is a true story. She goes, oh my gosh, it's really hard to make money in ministry because it's nonprofit. Like it doesn't pay anything. She goes, I've got a solution. You know, I'm going to be an actor. <laughs> and I go, so you're switching, you're switching to theater? And she goes, 
no, I don't want to be like in theater on the stage. I'm going to be on the big screen. And I was like, okay. And we're in Atlanta. So I'm kind of like, there's movies going on everywhere. I'm like, okay, we'll do it. Do it. Get a headshot and start applying to casting and start auditioning. Like, and you know, um, it's harder than people think. Yeah. Very difficult. And so, but we, you know, if, if 10 years ago, I would have squashed that dream of hers like a bug. I would have been like, no, you're going to be a business yeah. major. But now I'm, I'm not. I'm like, do whatever you want and you have passion for, and it will work out. And even if you never work in that field, I'm glad that it brought you joy that you pursued that while you did. Mm-hmm. And you are going to learn from it. And so for your younger listeners out there that have young kids, don't squash your kids' dreams. If they want to be a zookeeper, just be like, great, <laughs> be it. If they want to be a hula hooper, be like, yeah, because it's going to change all the time and, you know, college isn't for everyone and mm-hmm. different ways to get places. So um, even if they're like, I'm going to be a fire eater, be like, all right, let's yeah. look it up. Let's study it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what so- I think. Yeah, so in addition to the movies, are there any other projects like that you're coming out with or any other, you know, Definitely not. you have that you really want to like put it out there other than yes, we know you're going to be on Ellen and um right. Steve yes. Harvey. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'd love to be on Robin Mead CNN right here in Atlanta. Oh. I'm like Robin Mead, I'm right here. I'm there right here. You go. Half an hour away. I can come oh, every day to the studio. <laughs> no job required. You don't have to pay. Put me up. Um, okay, something fun that's going on. I'm, I don't have to do anything with it anymore. This is a crazy story. So um, one of my friends, Kelly Young, she has a um, Facebook television show, and she runs an acting studio in South Georgia. And she put on her Facebook page one day, she's like, hey, I'm trying to kind of like fill my docket for 2017. Does anyone know any anyone doing anything interesting creatively let me know and somebody recommended me like oh you should interview Amy Lau she's got some fun things going on so I went down there we clicked instantly she's so I love her she's but anyway it's weird because she features a lot of um actors and actor actors and actresses producers directors anyone in the film business so it was weird that I even got to be on her show I only got to be on there because I had had the movie deal but we talked a lot about the books and everything but whatever so Meanwhile, I get this Facebook message from this guy, Sam Jurgens, and he goes, hey, I saw you on the Kelly show, and then I went to your Facebook page, and I listened to some of your podcasts. I am doing a movie short called The Interviewers. Would you like to star in the movie? Wow. And I was like, yes. And, okay, people don't know this, but I was a corporate trainer for the um, – like human capital, like recruiting firm, the biggest recruiting firm in the world for 15 years. And so I felt like one, I'm an actor every week in a nonprofit. So I'm like, I can do this. It's a five minute movie short. And so anyway, um, I started it and Sam's brother starred in it, Dave, and it won best comedy. Oh my God. I know at the Franklin film festival. And so now it's at the Rhino film festival out in Texas. And I don't know if you know anything about film festivals, but like everybody doesn't get in, they get thousands of submissions Yes. and then they pick like the top 10 or the top 20 in each thing. And so our, you know, it's been doing well at the film festivals and something amazing that came out of that for Sam is he has a ton of feature films and now he's attracted the attention of some bigger producers. There you go. And that's why they do movie shorts. 
is because uh, it's like, oh, what else do you have? So it's like a yeah. cheat, it's not expensive. So that's something that's going on right now. Like it's called, the movie's called The Interviewers. You can't see it anywhere. Uh, you could see the trailer for it on my Facebook page, but um, you can't release the entire movie until it's done with the circuit, the film circuit. But anyway, isn't that crazy? Wow. That so you never know. And I never, I never thought about that. Like I've gotten, I've gotten to do so many fun things that I really never thought about. And yep. it's been so fun. Yeah. And it's, even it's if I never do it again. Authentic even, life, right? Yeah. Even, imperfect, messy, messy life. Yeah. And, even if I only get to play Shelley Milhauser with the neck brace. Right. In that my own movie. Cool. That's fine. I only have one line. <laughs> Yeah, and so as we're ending this, um, how do people um, get in touch with you and then also go over, you know, your books again so okay. that people can know exactly what the books are and where can you get them? Where do you get them? Okay, um, they can get in contact with me on Facebook. My Facebook page is amylyle.me is the page, but my regular Facebook is just amylyle. And then my... Twitter is just Amy Lyle, and then Instagram is author Amy Lyle. And so I'd love people to reach out, especially if they have funny failures. Or if you love funny failures, um, my first book is The Book of Failures. I'll show you again. Oh, yes. That's me, Photoshopped. The Book of Failures. And the second one is Moral Mess, It's Okay. And those are available on um, Amazon in ebook, audiobook, or uh, paperback. Well, the first one's audiobook. The second one, I haven't done the audiobook yet, but that's where they can get the books. Awesome. Well, we are so excited to have you. I don't even want this to end. I've just enjoyed this so much. And for our audience, um, we're going to have some things on girlwithvision.com. And you can also um, see some things on bsrnradio.com. And again, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for your time. And we just learned so much and we're so inspired. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Amy. For Debbie, being thank you. Our paths, our paths are gonna cross again. We're both like, like, ooh, Debbie should interview this person or Amy should yes. interview this person. So our paths are gonna cross again. I know it. And I'm so privileged to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad so we connected. Much. Awesome. <laughs>